Can I just share with you for a few moments out of the book of Ephesians, if you'll just turn in your Bible or click on your device to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 13. I, I don't know how this is going to go. I don't even have a PowerPoint today. I just felt like um, just something the Lord dropped in my heart. And, and uh, I, I don't pretend to have all the answers about what's going on, but I don't pre pretend that there's not an answer. There is an answer. There is an answer. There, there is a solution. And I believe God's drawing us to that place. And I believe that there is such a change that's happening. It's getting ready to happen. Such a change that if we'll see through the eyes of the Lord, if we'll hear with the ears of the Spirit, I believe that we can be a part of that new change. There, how many know there's change that needs to happen? Come on. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to go back to the old normal of hate and destruction and separation and violence. I want to go to a new normal of peace and love, salvation and deliverance. Amen. I want that to be our new normal. Amen. And so I, I believe that God's doing something among us. And I believe that we have an opportunity to see such change that we haven't seen for a long, long time in this nation. Amen. So Ephesians chapter 2 verse 13. Paul was speaking about how thankful he was about what Jesus did and all the things that Jesus did. And so one of the things that he says here is in verse 13 he says, But now in Christ Jesus... You who were sometimes afar off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. How many believe that? Amen? How many is that your testimony? But in verse 14, it says this, For He, Jesus, is our peace, who has made us both one, and He has broken down the middle wall, or partition, between us. Other translation says this, For He Himself is our peace, who has made both one, has broken down the middle of wall of separation. He destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility. He broke down every wall of prejudice that separated us and now made us equal through our union with Jesus Christ. And I don't know about you, but with every breakthrough, there is a breakdown. Come on, come on. With every breakthrough, God brings a breakdown. And aren't you glad that when you were born again, every wall came down between you and the Lord? Every canyon that separated you from God's love and God's presence, amen, was instantly sealed through the cross of Jesus Christ, amen. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody. If you just lift your hand to heaven and say, God, thank you that you broke down the wall of partition between me and you. Amen. I couldn't get to you and your love couldn't get to me. But when I believed in your name and called on your name, those walls came down. And the flood and the grace of love came in. Hallelujah to my life and my heart. Amen. With every breakthrough, there is a breakdown. And I don't know about you, but you cannot have a breakthrough without a breakdown. And I'm not talking about a nervous breakdown. A mental breakdown, a physical, emotional breakdown. I'm talking about a spiritual breakdown. I'm talking about spiritual walls coming down. Amen. Is anybody with me? Hallelujah. And so we see that, as Paul says here, is that the blood of Jesus brought a breakthrough, but the peace of God brought a breakdown. Amen. And so that's what he's declaring today. And I want to declare that to you. Amen. That with every breakthrough, there is a breakdown. Amen. And I'm so glad that there is no wall, a partition that separates me from, amen, the Jewish people, from the, from the come on, from anybody else, amen. Because you know what, when Paul said this, he had the most incredible revelation that God so loved the world, amen. 
When Jesus, the Messiah, came, He came as a twofold promise. He came as the promise to the Jewish people that God made the promise with Abraham, but He also came as a provision for all mankind that He made with Adam in the garden. Amen. Aren't you glad for that? How many are glad that Jesus just wasn't just a promise to the Jewish people? He was a provision for anybody. Amen. I don't know about you, but I'm anybody. I've been adopted, and I'm so excited about it. Amen. And so, amen, I'm glad that, amen, with the breakthrough that God's love brought, amen, of salvation, there came a breakdown of peace. Amen. Hallelujah. And I love that about the peace of God. That wall between uh, myself and the Lord, but also the Bible makes it clear that it wasn't just between me and God. That's easy to say that. But how many know it was between me and everybody else? You and everybody else. And this word here, peace, is not just talking about that we just stopped fighting. That there was just not, you know, just we just stopped agree to fight. That, that's not what he's talking about here. The word peace here means it's a coming together into a relationship really through one agreement for one cause. You know, it's impossible for me to demonstrate for peace without the subject of peace being in the middle of it. I cannot advocate for peace without Jesus being in the middle, amen, of my conversation. Amen. Because Jesus is the Prince of Peace. Anybody listening? Come on, somebody. I'm glad there's demonstrations going on. Amen. Peaceful demonstrations going on. But I cannot demonstrate for peace without Jesus being in the middle of that conversation. Amen. Because Jesus is the Prince of Peace. And if you can't have peace, you can't have Jesus. Amen. It's just the way it is. Because when He comes, He brings peace. Amen. And His peace has a way of breaking stuff down. It has a way of breaking through, but also has a way of breaking down. Amen. I want to say this, and I want to be uh, very uh, intentional about what I say today. Very important what I say today. Amen. But again, I say it humbly. But one of the greatest revelations... One of the greatest revelations, hear me, that Jesus brought, not only was it was God loved us, not only was it that God was with us, but one of the greatest revelations that God brought through Jesus Christ was racial unity. The greatest revelation. I said the great, I mean, it, it had to be one of the greatest revelations. And when Paul wrote these words, he himself had experienced that revelation knowledge. First hand, first hand. Let me talk about, amen, when he was talking about the wall that separated, the wall of hostility that he was talking about. He was talking about the wall between Jews and Gentiles. As he talked about how Jesus came and the blood of Jesus has uh, bought our salvation, he began to say, look, and by the way, church of Ephesus, that there was a power that came through the blood of Jesus that broke down every wall, every barrier that separated a Jew from a Gentile. If you do your homework and you'll find out that among the Jews there was 12 different sects, at least 12 different sects, that at the time of Jesus, the days of Jesus, there was 12 different sects of, between the Jewish people. Think about it. And so one of them we see was the priest. These were the original lineage uh, that came through the priest that Moses had set up and through uh, Aaron, the priest, they came through. And so there's the priest of Jesus' day. There was 24 groups of the priests. Think about it. So many different groups of priests that were back then. And these were the social and political ruling of the day. They had the social and political rule of the day. There was the scribes that Jesus talks about. How many remember hearing about the scribes? 
They were professional writers. They wrote legal documents and the scriptures and they were the lawyers and the teachers of their day. And then there was the Sadducees. We heard about those and they were the Sadducees. And, and as a little kid, a little a preacher told me one time, he said, he said they, were, they were sad, you see. I don't know about that. But anyways, they were the Sadducees. They were the religious fa faction, really, that were kind of a branch off the, the original teachings of, of the Moses. And they were the religious, religious faction that uh, really kind of had this, uh, this power in society. They had a lot of power in society. Uh, they had a lot of influence in the Roman government or with the Roman officials. The Pharisees, we read mostly about those who Jesus really, a lot of times you say, had really didn't like. But the Pharisees were a religious sect that lived by oral tradition of the law. They were lived by, they uh, kind of exalted the oral tradition that they made up rather than what was written. And they were the Pharisees. And they really didn't like Jesus. They were the extremists of the law. And they really didn't like Jesus. There was the publicans. They were the, the, the pagan allies. They were, usually they were the ones that were hated because... Uh, as we see in Levi or Matthew, the, the tax collector, he was a publican. He worked for the Roman government. And so a lot of times what he would do is he would cheat the Jewish and Roman people out of their money. And he would, he would be able to, uh, you know, work with, in the finances. And the, we would call it the Jewish IRS. And he was able to cheat people out of money and, and property and things like that. And nobody liked him. But he was considered a, a traitor. He was considered one that agreed with the Roman government and he was considered uh, someone that was unclean in the Jewish eyes of, of the Jewish people. And then, of course, there was the Gentiles. They were pretty much every other uh, race besides the Jewish race. If you did not have the lineage of Abraham, you were considered a Gentile. And then there was the Samaritan. The Samaritans were probably the greatest outcast uh, among the Jews. And they were part of what they considered the Gentiles. They wouldn't even consider them part of Jews, even though a lot of historians said they were. They were the racially and the religious mixed society, so they were not considered pure. They were considered unclean. They could not uh, have anything to do with the Jewish people. And so when he's talking here and he says that the wall of partition has come down between us, he's talking about the Jews, the Jewish people, the promise of Abraham, and basically everybody else, but mostly talking about the Samaritans. Because the Samaritans couldn't go uh, really to the same temple to be taught. They couldn't drink from the same well that the Jewish people could. They couldn't travel on the same road, and they couldn't eat at the same table. Sounds a little familiar. Amen. They had, they had to go, you couldn't go to, as Jesus met the woman at the well in John chapter 4, she said, we worship at this mountain, because they were not allowed to go to Jerusalem to worship. This is the well we drink out. Our fathers were here. Why? Because since I was a little girl, I was told we're not allowed to have anything to do with the Jewish people because they don't like us. And we're separate from them. But we have a God and we worship. He said, but it's not the same. And Jesus came and he had a way of breaking down every wall. Amen. Every wall. And Jesus has broken down every wall. And so what Paul's talking about here, it's not just a spiritual wall, but it was a wall that was between people. It was a racial wall. It was a wall of language. It was a wall of understanding and communication. It was a wall that had history behind it. It was a wall that had lies behind it, a false accusations behind it. It had false perceptions about it. It was a wall that had been built up because their grandfather believed that, and their great-grandfather believed that, and their great-great-great-grandmother taught them that. 
And that was a wall that had been there a long time. But the Bible says when Jesus came, He is our peace, and He broke down every wall. Every wall that was set up over generational times came crumbling down in Jesus Christ. Amen. Instantly came down through Jesus. Amen. And so we see that the blood of Jesus cleanses us, but the blood of Jesus unites us. And we've got to come to this, really this understanding, I believe, in our day, in our time, that it's just more than what we need to agree on. Uh, if you haven't figured it out yet, we're not going to agree politically. If you haven't got that yet, it's just probably not going to ever happen. But there's one thing we can agree on, and that is the blood of Jesus. Amen? There's one thing we can agree on, and that is the blood. The blood that Jesus spilled out on Calvary. And one of the things that happened at Calvary was a new door was open to whosoever will come. Amen. And every wall came crumbling down. Amen. That, that, that means the Samaritans could come to the same communion table. Amen. That means they could drink out of the same cup. Amen. And still be clean. Come on. And still be one. Amen. That's what that meant. Hallelujah. And so I'm excited about that today. And I believe that, you know, if you're a type of person that you don't want to be united with people, then you can't receive the blood of Jesus. Because the blood of Jesus unites people. Blood of Jesus makes us one in Jesus Christ. And I'm sorry, I really can't. I'm just, maybe it's just been ingrained in my mind so much by the Holy Spirit, but I can't think outside of the blood of Jesus. I can't picture how I'm going to get to get, get along with other people without the love of God flowing through my life. I, I can't imagine how anybody can legislate love for me. Amen. Except God Almighty. Amen. Hallelujah. And the Holy Spirit leading me. Hallelujah. Is anybody in the room? You got a little quiet today. Amen. But I believe that if we receive the blood of Jesus, He ends every bit of, uh, of prejudice and segregation and and differences between us and hostility that comes with that many, many times. Now think about this. If the blood of Jesus, amen, it, when we get it in Jesus Christ, and if we come into uh, Jesus through salvation and the blood of Jesus, if you receive the blood of Jesus, and He ends racism, division, amen, through the blood of Jesus, guess what? When you come into Jesus and that ends, guess what? When you come in those doors, guess what? That ends. When you come into my house, that ends. When you come into my life, that ends. Any Christians in the room today? If when I'm in Christ, that ends, guess what? Then when I come into your house, that ends. When I come into your store, that ends. When I come into your neighborhood, that ends. Is anybody listening today? Amen. And when you come into the house of God, that ends. It's over. It doesn't exist at all. Amen? I don't know about you, but someone said that 11 o'clock on Sunday morning is the most segregated time in America. I don't know about you, but it could be the most united time. I'm saying it's the most united time because we're all acknowledging that Jesus Christ, amen, brought us together, amen, and we all gather maybe in different buildings, but we all come under one umbrella, and that is the blood of Jesus, amen. We're all gathered because of one color, and that is the blood of Jesus, amen. Amen? Hallelujah. And so I want to encourage you today. Notice what Paul said. Notice what he said. You've got to pay attention to what he said. He said, he didn't say that someday that peace, you know, the peace of God would someday break down barriers. He didn't say that maybe if you believe hard enough, maybe for some people it came down, for other people it didn't. He said it already happened through Jesus. He said it's already done. 
We've just got to walk in it. We've just got to be able to live in it. That's what the T is, is we've got to apply that to our lives, and we've got to walk in that. Is anybody listening? Amen. You've got to walk in that. You've got to live it out. You, you, it's already been done. That wall has already come down. You don't have to pray for 40 hours for the wall to come down. It's already down through Jesus. Amen. It's already down. So, so I don't care who you are, where you came from. I don't care what country you come from. I don't care where your ancestors come from. When you're born again, instantly, I'm your brother. And I don't care if you like that or not. I'm your brother. You're my sister. You're my brother. Amen. In Christ. It's already been done. It's already happened. We've just got to learn to walk in it. We've got to learn to cultivate it. We've got to learn to live it out. Amen. In Galatians chapter 3, verse 26 and 29. I know I'm loud. I'm loud anyways. My wife, every once in a while, she'll say, Honey, you are talking so loud right now. I said, Well, honey, I'm just getting old. I can only hear out of one ear. And <clears throat> but I'm excited because you guys are in the room. I'm excited because I'm dreaming. This is a church. Wow, this is great. Okay. This is great. Galatians chapter 3, verse 26 says, <clears throat> and I'll try to hurry. So in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. For all of you. Again, he's talking to everybody. For all of you, Jews, Gentile, everybody. The list I just named who come into faith. For all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourself with Christ. For there is neither Jew nor Gentile. There is neither slave nor free. There is neither male or female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. You belong to Christ. Then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Now again, he's talking to everybody. He's talking to everybody. And I, I don't know about you, but you, you might be born of, you can trace your, your ancestry back all the way back to Abraham himself. I don't know about you, but I can't do that. But one thing I can do, I can trace it back to Jesus Christ. Amen. And I can say that I've been grafted in to Abraham because of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. And so that's what he's saying here. I just wanted to say this and very carefully hear in my heart today. And it's very clear as I read the scriptures that Jesus did not alleviate poverty. Jesus did not abolish slavery when he was on earth. Jesus did not revolutionize the Roman government. But one thing he did absolutely for certain is he did, did destroyed racism and segregation and prejudice when he was on the earth. Because it's up to us and he gave us the power to be able to see those things and victory over those other things. Come on somebody, amen. It's one of the things that I can point back and say that Jesus did, and he made me one with other people. Amen. And whether I like it or not, whether I feel comfortable about it or not, I've got to learn to do it. I've got to learn to deal with it. And I'm going to say what I said last week. Love is not a suggestion. Love is not a feeling. Love is not something that you wait until you grow into. Love is a command from God. You are commanded to love other people. Is anybody in the room? Don't hold your hand high and worship on Sunday if you hate your brother on Monday. Not going to happen. Not going to happen. Amen. You can go through all the religious rhetoric you want. You can think that you're fighting for God and country and doing God a service by hating on other people. But you do not love and you do not know God. Amen. Love is a command. It's not a feeling. You, we are commanded. There's just no way out of it. We are commanded to love. Did you know that? There's one thing that God expects from us, and that is to love other people. That's what he says. He says, if you can't love others, how in the world can you receive the love of God? 
How can you even say that you know God if you don't love the people that are around you? It's ridiculous. It didn't say they had to think like you, look like you, live in your neighborhood. It didn't say that you had to shop the same places and wear the same clothes and, and vote the same party. It said you've got to love them no matter what. Amen. And I'm going to tell you something, whether that forces you to love somebody or whether you run into the love of God. Let me tell you something. Amen. When you get to the love of God, I'm telling you, it's joy unspeakable and, speakable and full of glory. Amen. I mean, there's nothing like the love of God. It breaks down every barrier. It breaks down every wall. It breaks through. Amen. In every area of your heart. Amen. So thank God for the love of God. Let me tell you something about the love of God. He loved you when you were unlovely. He loved you when you were unclean. When he had every right to say, you don't belong here. Go drink somewhere else. Go stand somewhere else. Go worship somewhere else. Amen. But the love of God, amen, hallelujah, broke down every wall and he said, you belong here. You can drink here. You can eat here. You can sleep here. You can dwell here. Amen. And so I'm thankful for the love of God. Amen. And I'm going to try to finish up. But I'm just going to say this, that. That, that I, I, when I was born again, I, I'm telling you right now, when I was born again, I was in, not just adopted, but I have this identity in Christ. I have an, my identity is in Jesus Christ. And that identi the identity that I have in Jesus, it supersedes everything else that I was born with. Anybody? Come on, it, it supersedes any, anything else that I was born with. Any other identity that I have. Any other label that I've worn, any other actions that I've done, any culture that I was raised in, any race that I have, any birth connections that I had in the natural, amen, the identity that I have in Jesus supersedes that. And that's where I live from. And that's what I've got to see. I've got to look through that. I've got to think through that. I channel everything through the kingdom of God and who I am in Christ, amen. You know something, I didn't deserve what Jesus gave me. And you know, there's a lot of people that don't deserve the love of God. But let me tell you something, we're going to pour it out on them. We're going to just, amen, we're, as much as we can, amen, hallelujah, we're going to pray for those who hate us. We're going to do good to those who use us. We're going to speak blessing to those who curse us because of what Jesus did for us. Amen. And so I believe if Jesus did that for me and he commands me to do it to other people, I can do it. You know, as before, really, and so what that says is before I'm, I'm a man, before I'm a male, before I'm a Caucasian, before I'm an American, before I'm a husband, before I'm a father, before I'm a son, before I'm a brother, I'm a child of God. Come on, somebody. I'm a child of God. And we look at each other, we look at other people as creations of God, created in the image of God. And if I, you know, I could go into it, but I'm, I'm telling you, I feel like sometimes it sounds so easy, but how difficult it is. How difficult it is to live this out sometimes, isn't it? And I have a commitment to Jesus first, and then I have an obligation to the human race second. Amen. I don't know about you, but I am motivated by the love of God in my life. Amen. And I'm motivated to, to speak up. I'm motivated to 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 be at times be silent, I'm motivated to pray, I'm motivated to shout, I'm motivated to love, I'm motivated by the Spirit of God, amen, to do what's uncomfortable for me and what's unnatural for the world, amen. We're motivated by the Spirit of God. And I believe that with every breakthrough, there comes a breakdown. And God is speaking to us today that if we want to see a breakthrough, if we want to see a change, we've got to understand that there needs to be a breakthrough. People need to come through Jesus. 
They've got to come, and I've heard good reports, so many good reports of people that are turning to the Lord at this time in our nation. It's so amazing. And, you know, again, this is just something God's doing and sovereign. And I believe that this is going to eclipse any movement, any, any, any type of movement, both secular and religious movement that we've seen. Amen. In the last 100 to 200 years. Amen. I just wanted to say this about, amen, the, continuing on what Paul wrote and how he understood and even Peter. But, you know, Jesus was, when he walked the earth, he, he was with sinners, the Bible says. He was with publicans. He wasn't supposed to be. Wasn't supposed to be with sinners. Wasn't supposed to be with publicans. And he definitely wasn't supposed to be ministering to Samaritans. Doesn't, wasn't supposed to be doing that. And that people hated him for that. But in Acts chapter 8, the Bible says that Philip went down to Samaria. And there was a tremendous revival. And later, right after that, he met a young man who was reading the scriptures. Who was coming back from Jerusalem in search of God. In search of a, a king. In search of a religion. And he met this young man. And he said, what are you reading? He said, I'm reading the book of Isaiah. And I don't know what it means. And the Bible says that he opened up to him the scriptures. And he showed him Jesus. And guess who he was? He's an Ethiopian. He was an African. And the Bible says that he was on his way, the last outpost, going from Israel, the nation of Israel, as you started to go into the nation of Africa. And this young man got born again and baptized. And he wasn't just anybody. He was one of the, the queen, the queen of Ethiopia at the time. You read your Bible and do your history, you'll find out that he was sent by the queen to search over the, uh, the, the countryside for different religions. And she, she wanted to find a religion for the nation. She was looking for an identity for the nation. And I have a friend in West Africa. He sent me an old, old map, an old-timey map. And supposedly that way back, this was back in the 14, 1500s or whatever, that supposedly almost all of Africa were considered Ethiopia at one time. And so this guy wasn't just anybody. This was kind of the second to the queen. And he was, amen, had privilege and he had audience with the queen. And so this young man that went back, amen, began to evangelize all of Africa. And I believe this is how the gospel got into that country, amen, and that nation. That because of Philip was obedient to the Lord, he didn't see skin color. He didn't see, amen, well, I'm not allowed. I can't do that. He ran over to that guy and he said, I want to talk to you about Jesus. Because there's one thing I can... Uh, relate. There's one thing I can have in common with, and that is the blood of Jesus was sacrificed for me and you. Amen. And through this young man, the Bible says that he went back and began to evangelize. Amen. And took the gospel into of all of Africa. Amen. And so we see as uh, in Acts 11, Paul was so excited because the Holy Ghost fell on the Gentiles. Th this had never been seen before. This had never been a you know, just apparently, wow, exactly what Jesus said would happen. Amen. And they were surprised and shocked. And they saw that the gospel was spreading everywhere, just like Jesus said. And I love it in Acts chapter 10. And, you know, the Bible says that the Lord spoke to Peter and he said, What I have accepted, what I have cleansed, don't call uncommon or unclean. And the gospel went out through all the earth. I love it. I love it. I mean, it was just every language, every color. And the, I mean, it just it reminds me of the story of Joseph. And when Joseph was given the coat of many colors, people say that Joseph represented Jesus. And how many know, just like Joseph, his father, gave him a coat of many colors, just like Jesus, his father, gave him all the nations of the earth. Every kindred, every tongue, and every tribe. Amen. Jesus, the Bible says, has been called out. Amen. Been made one through the blood of Jesus. Amen. And so I just want to express this and read this scripture in Romans, in closing, in Romans chapter 1. In Romans chapter 1, 
It says this, Paul said that because of this revelation he was writing in Ephesians, and we read that the, the, the partition, wall of partition has come down. This is, this is his heart. He said, now this is what I have to do. This is who I am, and this is what I need to do. In verse 14, he said, I am a debtor, both to the Greeks, to the barbarians, to the wise, and to the unwise. So much as is in me, I am ready to preach the gospel to you that are at Rome also. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. That's what he said. He opens up and he says that I am a debtor. I am a debtor. As Paul said in Rome, he said, I, I owe the gospel to everyone. I owe my life to everyone. He didn't just say, uh, you know, I, I, don't, I don't get involved with that. I don't, that's not my thing. No, he said, I have a debt to every man, the gospel of Jesus Christ. I owe every person, I owe every, every, uh, every man, every woman, every child, I owe them the gospel. And it doesn't matter what color, it doesn't matter uh, what, 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 anything that society has pervaded in my life over the past, it doesn't matter, I am now a debtor to every man. And because I'm a debtor to every man, I don't see the same way that I used to see. I see everybody through the eyes of the Lord that they need Him. And that they are sinners and they need a risen Savior. And he said, I am a debtor. And can we think like that today? Can we leave this room today and say, you know, well, if anything we've heard today, can we hear that we are a debtor to everyone for the gospel's sake? Because of what Jesus did at Calvary and because the wall is a partition has come down, I believe that we have a debt to every person. We don't just owe you know, them to hashtag every once in a while, jump on the bandwagon when this happens and that happens. No, we are a debtor constantly. And I don't know about you, and I thank God for everyone who's getting involved in whatever's happening right now. But let me just tell you something. You need to get involved six months from now. Hello. Hello. Thank God you're marching. I thank God for you're doing all those things. But where, are you going to be doing that six months from now? Thank God for the hashtags and all the things that we're putting in and all the two cents we got. But are we going to do that? Are we going to really feel the passion for a cause like we do right now, six months from now? Think about it. I'll tell you one thing that you're going to have a passion about is if you stay in this realm right here that I owe every man the gospel. I owe every man. I'm in debt to every person. Amen. Jesus Christ. Every, every saved person this side of heaven owes the gospel to every lost person this side of hell. Amen. He said, I'm a debtor to all men. And I just wanted to say this, and I recognize Jesus in this, in this way. The way that Jesus thought separated him from political bureaucrats. He, he thought different. Is anybody listening? I'm almost done. You can say amen. He, he thought different. He thought different than, than the political bureaucrats of his day and the, and, and the Sadducees and the lawyers of his day. He thought different. The way that he taught was different. It separated him from the pagan system of his world, of the world at that time. But there's one thing that I've noticed that separated Jesus from religious leaders, and that is this. Hear me. He had dirty feet. He had dirty feet. Why? Because when he went into that house where the woman washed his, her, you know, Jesus' feet with her hair, the Bible says Jesus said, I came and you didn't offer me water. My feet are dirty. You know why Jesus' feet are dirty? Because he's not, he's not in the temple. He's not in the temple walking around getting a, a pedicure. He's not having people rub his feet with oil and incense. He's among the people. He's where the needs are. Is anybody listening? This is the difference today. 
Thank God that you're posting. Love it. Making a stand on social media. But there's another level that we need to go to as the church. We need to have dirty feet. You got to go where it is right now, where the need is, where the, where the, where the root is, where the cause is, where the, where the pain is. That's where we got to go. We've got to go where people live. We got to build relationships with people that we don't feel comfortable with, that we, society tells us that you're really not supposed to mix with those people. You're not supposed to have anything to do with those people. I'm going to tell you right now, the wall is coming down and we're going out as the church and we're going to touch those who are unclean. We're going to rub shoulders with those who are, are unlovely. We're going to have dirty feet. And amen, when Jesus came in, he said, I've got dirty feet because I've been walking around preaching the gospel in the marketplace and healing people in the ghettos and in the alleys and in the side streets and I've been going to the crack houses I've been going to the homeless shelters and I've been going to where the needs are you owe people the gospel you've got to say that today I don't just owe people a, a really nice hashtag and a really really a witty saying a, a tweet today I owe people the gospel I owe people, amen, the Prince of Peace, the message of peace, the conduit, amen, of hope, if I could be that. Amen, that's what I owe everybody. That's what I need to be caught up in today. It's how in the world am I going to bring peace to my world, to my neighborhood, to my family? How in the world am I going to bring the message, amen, of this wall coming down today? Hallelujah. I don't know about you, but I believe that walls are coming down in our community. Walls are coming down in our, in our nation. And I don't know about you, but I'm telling you, God is shaking. God is shaking the systems of man today. God is shaking the systems of man today. And I don't know about you, but I'm ready for a fresh outpouring, a fresh move of God. Amen. Hallelujah. That eclipses anything that we've ever seen or known before. Hallelujah. It has nothing to do, amen, with political this or that or, or, or the, what's on the agenda or what's the, you know, what's the narrative of this one and that one, but it has everything to do with the blood of Jesus Christ, amen, has everything to do with people who need the Lord, who are, amen, who are in desperate need of the Lord today. Can you stand on your feet? Hallelujah. You know, so many times I, I, I feel that we hero political radicals and unfortunately most of us hero political radicals after their death not while they're alive we hero humanitarian works we hero these people we we praise these people for extreme philosophies and our extreme philosophers of our day we hero these people they're heroes in one sense but can I just tell you something right now that's how the world needs to see the church these people are radical these people are radical. These people are talking about stuff that we just don't hear on a normal basis. These people got power coming out of their life that you just don't see through the media, through television, on movies. You just don't, you just don't get it everywhere. I believe that the world needs to view, amen, and begin to see, amen, as the Bible says, they're groaning, amen, for the maturity and the growing up of the church. Amen. Not of the fighting and the bickering and the selfishness and of the pride and of the entertainment of the church. They're looking for the God of the church. They're looking for the king in the church, for the hope in the church, for the peace of the church. Amen. And that belongs to us. And that is our responsibility. Hallelujah. So I believe that this is what the world needs to see through the church. And as the rest of Ephesians goes on, you need to read it. I'm just going to read 15. It says this in Ephesians chapter 2, not only is Jesus broken down every wall of partition between us, but it says, by his death, he ended the angry resentment between us caused by the Jewish laws that favored the Jews and excluded the Gentiles. 
for he died to annul the whole system of the Jewish laws. Then he took the two groups that had been opposed to each other. He made them parts of himself. Thus he fused together to become one new person. At least, and alas, the Bible says, there was peace. When he did that, when he did that, there was peace. It's what we need to focus on right now. It's what we need to be praying about and begin to live out. And I don't know about you, but I've had more opportunity to talk to my neighbors about what's going on right now that I ever had before. That's an open door. They don't need to see anger from me. Hello. They don't need to see rage from me. They need to see peace. They need to hear there's hope. Amen. They don't need to see a lot of the stuff they see going on. They don't need to hear, you know, why I hate somebody. And why I can't stand somebody in office. They don't need to hear that. They need to hear about, amen, amen, the Lamb of God. They need to hear about the one who controls and has the greatest office. They need to hear about the president of presidents. They need to hear about the Lord of lords, the king of kings, the ruler of rulers. They need to hear about Jesus. Amen. You say, well, Brother Matt, that sounds so simple and that sounds like a cop-out. No, that's our answer right there. That's everything we live for as Christians. Amen. Amen. So I want to encourage you today as we pray. I want to pray for you to be delivered. Be delivered. I, I, you know, a lot of people are going through things and there's a lot of things you got to be delivered. Be delivered from fear. Be delivered from anger. Be delivered from rage. Be delivered from hate. Some people just need to be delivered from God today. They just need to be delivered from what God wants to give them. You need to be at peace. Be at peace. Let your heart. The Bible says don't be troubled when you see these things going on. Be at peace. I just feel like you got it. Some, some people just need to turn the TV off and be at peace. Anybody? Come on. You just, you just got to stop with the notifications and, oh, this one and that one. This happened and everything. And. I don't know, if, don't, why are we so surprised that the world without God is confused? Why are we so surprised and shocked that a world without God is hate? Why, why are we so surprised? Why are we surprised that the end of the world is coming? Why are we surprised? Amen? Come on. I, I, people just crack me up. They're just so surprised that, that this happens. Oh, my goodness. A Hollywood couple of the year got divorced. I'm so shocked. Really? Really? Amen? What we need to be focused on right now is just seeing that God is in the midst. God is right here. God is here. And if we'll just hear and we'll listen and we'll walk and we'll walk together in this, I believe that God's going to show us and God's going to bring a revival and God's going to bring a movement even in our city. And I'm telling you right now, there's just, there's an opportunity for us to see a change. I just feel like we just got to focus on the right things. I'm just speaking from my heart today. Come on, church. I said there's an opportunity for change. We've just got to focus on the right things. Come on, somebody, amen, right? And so I want to encourage you not just to be delivered, be at peace, but be empowered, amen? Be empowered. Be empowered by the Spirit of God to do what God's calling you to do right now, to, to be bold right now, to just absolutely be emboldened in your faith and about the things of the Lord, to take a step of faith and see the harvest that's right, amen, out there. Can we lift our hands to heaven and just pray? Amen, I just want to bless you guys and just pray. But can we just pray for our nation corporately today? Can we just cry out to God for our nation? I want you just to set aside everything that you walked in this room with, what you heard on the news, everything that you, everything that you carried in here with your spirit, just some of it's heavy. Some of it's just absolutely numbness. You can't feel anything. You can't see anything. You don't know what to think sometimes. I want you just to lay that down and just begin to, amen, take the heart of God right now, the heart of the Father, amen, hallelujah, that loves. Amen, that just has power and grace and mercy right now. 
I want to just pray for our nation through the eyes of mercy, through the eyes of grace, and through the eyes of love. Amen. Right now and say, God, amen, hallelujah. Lord, we, we don't know exactly what to say all the time or what to do. But we look to you. We cry out to you in the midst of where we're at right now. Lord, this pandemic and all the things that have happened and this crisis that we're in and we find ourselves in, Lord. God, there is a breakthrough on the horizon. I believe in my heart, God, that you are doing something that we haven't seen yet. And there is something that we you want us to go in a place that we've never been yet. But, Lord, we're just saying right now, God, help us. Help us as a nation. Help heal our land. Heal it, Lord. Deliver us. Set us free. Heal us, Lord, as a people group, as a nation, Lord. I pray right now in the name of Jesus, Lord, filter my heart. Just let my heart be filtered with the love of God, with the grace of the Lord and the word of God. Let my heart just, Lord, be filtered. My ears be filtered. Amen. Right now with what I hear, my eyes, Lord, with what I see, my heart with what I'm feeling, God. I pray right now that, Lord, I would have the heart of the Lamb of God. Hallelujah, Lord, right now, just, just that heart of a, of a lamb, Lord, right now. But yet the courage of a lion. In Jesus' name, we just thank you, Lord. We pray for our nation. We pray for our city. I pray, Lord, that you're going to heal us, Lord, our ec economic Lord. Heal us, Lord. Amen. In, in every area. Heal our city. We support our city through prayer. We lift it up to you, Lord. Every church, encourage them. Bless them, Lord. Encourage them today. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen.